Welcome to Real Talk Manitoba, a podcast bringing you monthly insights into all things real estate from Manitoba Realtors. Welcome back for episode 13 of Real Talk Manitoba and our second annual Realtor Week special. I'm your host, David von Manfeld, and I'm delighted to welcome longtime MREA volunteer and political action committee chair, Lauren Weiss. Lauren, great to have you. Thanks, DVM. Nice to be here. Would you do us the honor and tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved in real estate? Really, real estate is a second career for me. And I started basically because of a family situation. I was spending so much time away from home. I was really losing contact with my kids and our friends. And so I had to make a tough decision and I wanted something that would give me the opportunity to earn the kind of income that I was used to, as well as give me a lot more freedom. I wasn't the guy who wants to sit in an office all day long. I was lucky because my sister Roberta went into real estate a year ahead of me and I followed her and I haven't regretted the move ever since. We've been doing this for 35 years and I haven't had a day where I've thought, why am I doing what I'm doing or what, and, I, and that I regret what I'm doing. In light of Realtor Week, I want to talk this episode about volunteerism. And you've been chair of MPAC for about 20 years. How did it all begin? Well, it's a really good question because it is about volunteerism. When I was first in the business, I was and something was bothering me about the way things were being handled at my local board. I basically walked in and made an appointment with the executive director at the time and told him that I thought this was being done wrong and that was being done wrong. He said to me, Lauren, if you really want to make a change and you want to have your say, get involved. You have to volunteer. And within, it seemed like seconds, I was sitting on a committee and that committee was government affairs. And that's sort of where my advocacy began and also uh, my involvement as a volunteer. Can you tell us some of the the highlights of your advocacy work uh, with MREA over the past 20 years? I can think of three things, I guess, that would uh, be highlight what we've been able to accomplish. And the first one was early on in my tenure as chair, we were the first of any board or association in Canada to adopt a principle of quality of life as a framework for social and political advocacy. And that really focused us on going forward and led to our involvement in some of the other things that I'm particularly proud of being involved in as a part of. And thankfully, they've become fairly successful for us as well. One of the things that Quality of Life taught us was that if you create an environment in your community where everybody has equal opportunity to succeed, everybody succeeds, and everybody gets carried by that wave of improvement and quality of life. And that's been sort of my guiding principle in the advocacy things that I've been involved in, both through real estate and my personal life. The other one, of course, was a long-term project that actually began when I was chair of Civic and Municipal Affairs with the Winnipeg Realtors. And that was the issue of collecting property education fees off of property taxes. And we began that campaign probably 25 years ago. And in the last three years, uh, the government has started to implement that and began to take the pressure off of homeowners by taking the education portion 
of their property taxes uh, off off their tax bill and funding it through general revenue. And that's, we always believed that's the way it should be done. So that was a big success for us. And when I say uh, I was a part of it, it couldn't have happened because it really took 25 years from beginning to end for it to, to come to fruition. And that wouldn't have happened without the support of the leadership of both the Winnipeg Realtors and the Manitoba Real Estate Association, who continue to support something. And in essence, that was kind of the lesson that we learned, that if you really believe in something, it's a long haul. Uh, the, hard, the hard decisions, the good ones, often take a long time to come to fruition. 25 years is no short period of time. <laughs> it certainly wasn't. And, and there was times when there was some self-doubt, but one of the things that you learn as a realtor is you don't accept no for an answer. You find a workaround and we kept on going. And I think we found our workaround. So that's going to benefit uh, all Manitobans uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, there'll be a more direct line of responsibility towards the cost of providing education. But in these times where we're facing high inflation and the potential of recession, putting several thousand dollars back into the pockets of homeowners is going to make a significant difference in their ability to survive this economic turmoil that we're going through right now. Well, patience pays off, I guess, eh? In this case, I think it did, or stubbornness. I'm not sure what the answer is. <laughs> there you go. Lauren, you mentioned a third highlight, and I think this brings us also to the social responsibility side of things. It, it most definitely does. Uh, and it was a, it was a sort of an outreach from the fact that we were beginning that journey with quality of life. A good friend of mine and a colleague, Harry DeLue, during the course of his commercial real estate, had working with a client who was providing housing for First Nation people on reserve and came to me and said, you know, there's a huge discrepancy between Indigenous people living in Winnipeg and people who are not Indigenous in terms of home ownership. And we found out that the numbers were very disturbing. 66% of all Manitobans own their own homes. When we started this program, 16% of Indigenous people living off reserve in urban areas own their own homes. And going back to the quality of life philosophy, if everybody doesn't participate, then it's not good for everybody as well. So we began that process and it took us a number of years to find a willing partner. We are fortunate to find the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs who uh, together with us formed a not-for-profit called Manitoba Tipi Motawa, which in Cree means our home. And subsequent to that, uh, MTM or Manitoba Tipi Motawa became a charitable organization. How does this program work? Basically the program works that within certain income parameters, people can apply for home ownership assistance. The important part of this program is twofold. One, they take an eight or 10 week education program in terms of home ownership and financing to help them uh, get better qualified to manage the home that we hope to help them uh, achieve and own. The other part of it is through our funds, through the Manitoba Real Estate Association and through provincial government funding, we're able to provide our families with the equivalent of 15% of the purchase price as a down payment. And working with one of our partners, Assiniboine Credit Union, we're able to make sure that they get the counseling in order for them to meet the minimum standards that they need in order to get a mortgage for the property. Beyond that, 
we have been blessed with wonderful staff here at the Manitoba Real Estate Association who basically are the resource for these families for often the next 10 years of their home ownership. When they have a problem or something comes up that they can't deal with, they call our office. So we're giving them continued support in terms of making sure that they're successful. And what's made me so proud about this, bottom line is we put almost 35 families into their own homes over the last 13 years and we haven't had one family default on a mortgage payment. You almost just answered my next question, but you know, from the 13 years, do you have a highlight or a, mo or a memory perhaps that stands out to you the most from the work that we've done? Well, the visual that I have is in the early stages, uh, it was around this time of year, it was probably a week before Christmas, and we had, I think, five or six families who had already purchased homes through the program. And we decided it would be really nice for us to surprise them and bring them Christmas trees as gifts. So uh, Harry, myself, and a representative from the Assembly Manitoba Chiefs loaded up a pickup truck with fir trees, I guess. And we started our journey. Now, I wouldn't say that they were surprised. They knew we were coming. And, and what, what really uh, got me was... I have this visual of this little girl, probably three or four years old, with her face pressed against the window of her home, so excited watching us deliver the Christmas tree. And then the mom saying to us, you know, this is the first year that we'll be able to have our family for Christmas. And I said, why? She says, well, up till now, landlords never allowed us to have a Christmas tree in their house because it was a fire hazard. So that's my memory. And that's really what... Tipi Patawa is to be. Oh, well, is that the first and last time you've ever driven a pickup truck? It's also the first and last time I ever <laughs> delivered a Christmas tree. <laughs> but on a more serious note, Warren, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about reconciliation and how our work at Tipi Matawa supports this important goal. That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. It's reconciliation to us, Tipi Matawa is the fact that it's an, it's an activity, it's an active thing that we do uh, beyond only speaking about the need for reconciliation. What Manitoba Tipi Mitawa is doing is in fact reconciliation. And by doing that, we strive to right the wrongs of the past and to provide opportunities for First Nations people to achieve the dream of home ownership. Through home ownership, First Nations families can have financial independence, raise children and grandchildren in stable and safe communities and break the cycle of poverty for future generations. I'd also add, they become a role model for other families to show that what they've achieved is possible for First Nations families living off reserve to be able to enjoy home ownership and reap the benefits. Actions, not words, right? Absolutely. And that's really the essence of what Tipi Matawa is. Lauren, while I have you here, I want to ask you some fun questions. Is that okay? No. Can we have a little bit of fun here? No, uh, no time for fun. Oh, no. Okay. Get serious. All right. Um, so go, looking back over your career as a realtor, best day as a realtor and worst day as a realtor. DVM, I can't tell you any of my spicy stories. I've signed a non-disclosure. <laughs> Well, my next question was to ask you for a heartwarming story, but you've already blessed us with your account of Tipi Matawa and, and delivering the, uh, the Christmas trees along with Harry Delu. But you really don't have a single horror story from 25 plus years in the industry that you can share with our listeners. 
we've had some difficult stories and we have to understand, we do understand that when people are buying or selling a home or a condominium, uh, it's a stressful time for them. And sometimes the stress is brought on because it's a happy time and sometimes it's not so happy. Life circumstances make those things necessary. And those are difficult. But at the end of the day, even though they're selling because of something they can't control, we can take some satisfaction the fact that we made that journey a little easier for them and got them closer to where their goals were would be with us than they would have without us. I want to ask you a couple pieces of sage advice. What's the advice you'd give to a young person who comes to you and, and tells you they're considering uh, getting involved in real estate and becoming a realtor? The first thing I would tell somebody who's coming to me for that advice, and over the years I've had lots of people do that, I tell them it's not an easy business. You have to be honest with yourself. If you're not a self-starter, if you're not prepared to get up on those days where you don't have any appointments, get dressed, get out of the house, and go out and be seen and see so that people see you and you will get appointments, then it's not going to happen. I also tell them that there's a lot of experience in this business and the best thing they can do in the first year or two of their business is tie themselves with a team, with a leader that's got the experience and is willing to teach. That's the best education that they can get to become successful in real estate. As for the volunteering part, that can be an important part of your life and a very rewarding part of your life. And there's all kinds of places you can volunteer. You can volunteer within the associations. You can choose to volunteer outside of the associations for service groups. But it's important to be a part of the community and learn about your community and give back to your community. And I can tell you that the rewards, both in emotional and financial, will be there. Lauren, I want to thank you for being a guest on this special episode of Real Talk Manitoba to commemorate Realtor Week 2022. To our Realtor listeners, please take some time this week to celebrate your profession. Your work is incredibly important in guiding Manitobans through among the most financially impactful decisions of their lives and helping families find a place to call home. Thank you all for your continued professionalism and for your contributions to the community across Manitoba. Thank you.